Hello and welcome to the Stage Spot Podcast, a place where we talk to performers, creatives and fans about all things theatre. Hosted by Tim Talks Theatre's founder, Tim Todd. So would you be like to introduce yourself, please? Yeah. Um, hi, I'm Helena Collins O'Connor and um, I have wrote and am performing we um, auto-engrain of what we were showing. Perfect. And would you be able to tell me two truths and one lie about yourself? Gosh. Oh, um, okay, two truths and a lie. I'm allergic to aloe vera. I have a cat. And I'm originally Irish. Perfect. And would you be able to describe your show in 23 words, please? In 23 words? Yeah. Three words. <laughs> uh, 23 words, please. 23 words. Um, auto engrain is a tragic comedy yet harrowing roller coaster of emotions which is honest and farcical and ostentatious which draws the audiences in that's 22, but, you know, it's all good. <laughs> That's perfect, thank you. Yeah. So what what are your plans to get ticket sales when you're in Ed, Edinburgh? What are my plans to get ticket sales? Um, so our play kind of has a lot of, it changes, there's lots of kind of like funny um, kind of anecdotes and sections. So we kind of want to ask ambiguous questions through placards that will get the audience over to us. I think one of the ones we're going to use is don't ask me about dendrophilia because then like instantly people are going to come up and say, what's dendrophilia? What's this? What's that? Um, but it's just more about talking to people on the Royal Mile. Um, obviously, at the moment, we're really big on social media. We're using Twitter as one of our main outlets and TikTok and Instagram. Um, but I think for us, it's going to be more word of mouth for kind of telling people this is the story of Kate you have to come watch this it's not what you think it's going to be it's still yeah theatre twitter is absolutely amazing yes it's not like any it's not like say normal twitter it's just amazing like the amount of people who will sort of not help each other out but they will retweet things yeah it's just crazy I asked for recommendations for shows the other day and I've already had about 80 responses, which is insane. And they keep coming, which is good because it means we get to find out about shows that are similar to ours or things that maybe I wouldn't have seen because there is 3,000 shows to think about. And it gets good connections as well. I know I know it's crazy. When I first put the tweet out, I thought I'll maybe get five people or something like that. No, <laughs> I'm still getting emails today. Oh, really? Yeah. 
I got an wow. email about 10 minutes ago that, like, I was just like, wow. Power like, I work as well. I'm going to work in, like, an hour or in a couple of hours. What do you do? But I'll just work at Tesco's. Nothing, just about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's okay. It's a job. It pays the bills. Exactly. This is my fun work. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's great, actually. Theatre is so great. It's just great talking to, like, creators and people like that. It's just nice having a chat where... Not necessarily, not necessarily you can, like with your family yeah. and friends, I think. The power thing about theatre is that you can literally create anything and turn it into theatre. Whether it's reading a newspaper article, listening to music, discussing, improvising, you know, a rant, a novel, like whatever can be... Um. You can kind of effectively just create an outside world just from like little stimuli. And that's what I love about it. And obviously the more that you talk to people, the more that you kind of get to build up in that as well. And it's just it's just a, such a lovely world to be part of. Yeah, definitely. It's a, it's just so community based. It's not like anything else I've seen. It's it's just so nice. Mm-hmm. Like, fair enough, you get the odd idiot. But that's like it with it. I, yeah. I think they prefer to be called clowns, potentially, or like, you know, just funny people rather than idiots, but, you know. Yeah, but there's not really that many anyway, is there, really? It's just mainly people respect it. It's just, I don't know. I think it's just stylized. Yeah. It's niche. So what will you miss most when you're away from home? Um, so I've actually got a dog um, and like she's just such a bundle of joy she kind of goes from being really overly cuddly one minute to being extremely excited and like an absolute bonkers nutcase and that energy and also being like your companion your little best friend that is something that I will miss quite a lot also my bed because there's there's nothing quite like your own bed with your own pillows and and just comfort. I know. Yeah. I, I'm a dog person. I love dogs. I don't have a dog here. I've got one with my family, and it, uh, he's probably the naughtiest dog ever. Yes, yeah, great. Though. They've got so many personalities. Like I would, my dog's quite naughty sometimes. She's really amazing but sometimes she's really naughty and like I kind of prefer that because it gives her more character like I've got a patio but mm-hmm. out, just outside my where I go outside yeah and he was like digging under the fence mm-hmm. I was like I can't leave him at all now <laughs> <laughs> yeah and the worst thing is he doesn't like respond if you say stop it no no like, I know they they come on their own terms a little bit uh, it's, it's, it's so funny 
So aside performing, what what thing are you looking forward to doing the most while you're in Edinburgh? Oh, I'm so excited to see other shows, like and to see what people are working at the moment, what's like kind of trends in the theatre world. Um, also to meet new people, build up more connections. Um, I think I'm just really. I haven't been back to Fringe since. 2019 was where I last went so I'm thinking and it was just such a bubble and it was a completely different world and I'm so excited to kind of get back into that and to really fall in love with new theatre as well but yeah that sounds amazing it's just like um it just sounds like you're gonna have fantastic time like there's it's not like just going to like a regional theatre or West End theatre or even a Broadway theatre it's just so much more community based it's also the thing is like at Fringe things are always going to go wrong and everyone's so accepting of that because things are worked in progress and you only have effectively an hour to get in set up do your show and get out so the pressure's really on um and I think you're never going to do the same show once. And obviously, all the audience is going to be different and things. So it just, I'm really looking forward to it. But also as well, um, shows do go wrong. And I completely accept that. And I I really don't mind if shows, if shows go wrong. I just hope mm-hmm. that the... Like, I hope there's no injuries or anything like that. Yeah, of course. But then again, my, uh, I really like the play that goes wrong and all the mischief shows. Oh, yeah, when it's stylized to do that, yeah. Uh, I, I just think they're so funny and you can... So sometimes things actually do go wrong and it makes it... If, it, if they're okay, it makes it even more funnier. Yeah. No, definitely. So if you were to take over programming of a fringe venue, what would be your perfect um, line-up, essentially? Oh, um, if I was taking a fringe venue, I think it's really important to have variety and to have things at certain times. Um, like one thing, because last time I went, I did a kids show and I think it's really important to have family friendly theatre at appropriate times. You know, lots of puppetry, things where you can kind of, I would have shows going on, but at the same time, I'd have like a little section where you could interact with audiences and kind of promote in between that. I think that's really important. Um, and obviously everyone loves comedy and so things that are funny I want theatre that's riveting, that nothing's ever the same. Yeah. So you're promoting those people. Yeah. Um, is there many, like, kids' shows in, in Edinburgh? There's many. Like, when I last went with puppetry, and there was so many puppet shows, and puppetry is so popular as well, and kids love it because there's a character that they kind of fall in love with. And um, it's 
really, really exciting. But there's lots of interactive kids' shows. There's a few immersive experiences. There's um, lots of things, really, and it is, it's great. That's brilliant. And um, why should um, audiences see your show? Um, I believe the audience is seeing my show because literally it's it's really raw and profound. And Kate is a character where she kind of not only does she make you laugh with all her weird embellished farcical moments and her loss of direction sometimes she gets sidetracked quite a lot. But when it does become something darker, the idea of the show is to leave a message to the audience and to keep a conversation going, especially on toxicity. Um, but in relationships so the reason people should come see our show is it the responses from people are incredible and it does leave you with a profound effect and it also not only gets Kate's message out but it gets a lot of other people's messages out that you don't really sometimes talk about and I think that's important that's brilliant thank you so what would you what would you say your top tips are for surviving the fringe Sorry. Okay, top tips. Bring an umbrella. Is the top, like the top, like bring something where you are okay, like whether it's a hat, sun cream, sunglasses, an umbrella, that should be in your key because, you know, the weather always changes. When I last went, there was a pure thunderstorm at like two in the afternoon for 45 minutes and then that was a little sunny. Um, make sure you've always got water as well. Like just make sure you're kind of looking after yourself at the same time as well. Like, if you can't make a show, that's okay. Don't don't beat yourself up about it because you, it, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint, Edinburgh. Um, and talk to people and just kind of don't think too much about things. I think just be in the moment and enjoy it. Yeah, it, it just seems like from people I've spoken to, it just seems like a really, really crazy experience that... Is none of a kind like for any other. And what would you say your favourite fringe memory has been? Um, favourite fringe memory? Oh gosh, um, that's so hard. There's so many because the team I worked with were fabulous as well, and I loved hanging out with them. Um. We we went and saw a play, and it was a musical, and it was called um, it's by a theatre company called Fat Rascal, who I I'm obsessed with their work. I think it's great, and it was called Unfortunate, and it was about Ursula and Sea, which was from her perspective, and it was I was so into it. I went to one of their other shows about two hours later, called Wolverine, and then I found out that it was playing in Els Court, like last year. Yeah, as I remember. soon as I instantly get tickets. Um, but watching that, it just, because it wasn't even that, like it was technical and obviously they had a good budget and things, but generally in terms of publicity and stuff, it wasn't as technical as what you, like with West End, for example. So I think it kind of opened my eyes to seeing what a production can be like in the grand scheme of things and the cast were just fabulous but that was one of my all-time favorites one of my best friends came up to see the show that we were doing and then we all went together so it was a joint experience 
Yeah, I remember that show. Um, <coughs> I remember it being advertised last year, actually. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I think it's, if I remember rightly, it might be or might not be. I think it was produced by the same people that produce Mischief Stuff and um, Night Six, I think. I remember seeing okay. it on... I don't know. It could be wrong. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I have to look into that for sure. Um, how would you say your work has changed, like, say, in the last sort of couple of months or so? Um. So this play that we're taking actually has been developed for the past four years. Um, so we've kind of rewrote the script and it's... I'm thinking more about the character. I think, I, I did think, I was thinking more about the story beforehand, but actually I've kind of changed and now thinking about quirks and little mannerisms and situations that Kate can explore. And also I'm kind of opening myself up to humour. I wasn't ever really, not that I wasn't good at comedy. I think I've always been lucky that people have said I've always been witty, but which is a nice compliment, anything. But it was something that I thought, oh, I'm not that funny, so I shouldn't explore it. And in the past couple of months, especially, I've been really pushing that and trying to find a different way in. And it's it's really worked. So I think now I'm kind of looking at how I can create humour as well. But everybody... I, I, I sort of think everybody's funny in their own way, but it's, and it's yeah. just a way to sort of... It's knowing how you're funny as well and yeah. honing in on that and making it work. Yeah, definitely. What, what show would you... So you're really excited to see this year? This year, I'm really excited to see... Um, there's a... Right. Obviously, I've got a massive love of puppetry. It's like one of my first loves. There's there's two shows, actually. There's um, there's one called Potty, which is about a plant. And, oh, it's, it's so cute. But I think it's got a bit of a potty mouth. Um, and it's a musical. But I've seen so much advertising for it. And obviously, we've been talking back and forth to them on Twitter. So I'm really excited to see their work. Um, there's a play as well. Um, so a girl I went to uni with, uh, an old friend years ago, Eleanor Hill, she's got a play called Sad Vents at the Ardabelli. And I've not had the opportunity to see it before. So I'm really excited to go watch that. Um, and see what she's done because it's all kind of like hers is live streams and you're allowed to use your phones um, there's so many there's like Lady Clementine and it's Beatles Were Boy Bound and Bad Teachers um, by the Queen of Cups um, there's oh and Adam Kay there's there's so much that I could list off because there's so much variety and it's just it's finding the time to fit everyone in that's the thing I think you're never going to see everyone but as soon as you see a section of it that's still great is there anyone you're excited to see? I'm not, I'm not going. I'm I'm working, ah. so that's why I'm doing this podcast so I can like sh- like post it online. You should um you should see if you can watch some of the online shows because we're doing one thing that we did in terms of accessibility is we put three of our shows as live stream shows, 
So you can still watch it from the comfort of your own home and you don't have to worry about the cost of Edinburgh. Well, that's a good idea. I might, I'll, I'll probably try and do that. Yeah, because there's so much available. It's, it's really exciting. It just means that people can watch your work and see if it changes or not as well. Because we're doing our free live streams are going to be on the first night. The middle was run on the last night. While we're still going to do the in-person ones. Uh, that, I, I think that's brilliant because I'm all the way down south. I'm in Kent. So it is sort of like a day travelling to get up there. Yeah. And then, and then I have to be off work for a, like a week or so. And then mm-hmm. it's a day travelling to get back. So, yeah, I'm for, yeah. Ho- hopefully next year. I've got a lot. Okay. lot I've got a lot planned for next year. If this all goes well, because mm-hmm. I can't. I can't afford it with. No, I, I think as well at the moment, like in terms of the political side of Edinburgh, is that it is expensive. It's really expensive. I know Phoebe is trying to like Phoebe Wallabridge. She's she's. I went to Q and A with her, um, and basically, um. She she's trying to find ways to make it a bit more accessible, but it's just it's just so hard at the moment, you know, and it's just been open to that as well. Yeah, it's just so expensive. I was looking like a month month ago and it was just like, wow, I wasn't expecting <laughs> it to be that much. Yeah. So um if the world was going to end, I know this sounds a bit crazy <laughs> yeah um what would what would be your last show and why god that's a killer question <laughs> um what would be my last show um i would say i recently saw um, in the West End Operation Mincemeat. And I think, even though I love classic drama, I think it would have to be that. It was just, I kind of came away from it, and um, I've got a friend that actually, lovely. And I was just so taken aback because there's so much on stage, and the characters were just phenomenal. And I think I'd love to watch that again. Uh, I've not, I'm not, I've not seen it yet. Oh, uh, it's insane. Absolutely insane. It's great. They they've extended again, haven't they? They to, have till February. I think they'll do quite well for the foreseeable future, by the sounds of it. Mm-hmm. But it's just it's. So when we went as well, they got a standing ovation, which was very well deserved. Um, and it's just having that energy on stage and watching people is just. Yeah, it's it's such a great show. I'd recommend anyone to try and go see it. A lot uh, when you said they got standing ovation, I've noticed um, in the last five ten years, a lot of shows have got a standing ovation, like mm. at the end of Act One and like at the end of yeah. the show. And I think I think that's quite a new thing. It's I think it's probably from Broadway but I agree with it I've got nothing against it I think as well since COVID and the pandemic like 
the arts took such a hit and people are kind of re-falling in love with theatre and also being more open. And the drive in performers has heightened. But I think as well, like, originally theatre was... Um, there's obviously new ways to kind of explore um, how you like something, especially spoken word, you click when you kind of, like, get it. Um, and obviously you should be clapping stuff. But yeah, I think I think audiences are really kind of opening up more to theatre. Oh, oh, def- oh, definitely. It's I don't. I think like in twenty twenty one, I saw. I think it was the stage concert of Lomis, and it just got so much support. It was really nice. I haven't seen go. that one yet. A bit, yeah. Um, so that goes into my next question. What would you say, what sort of show would you recommend to um, people who, who say they don't like musicals? Uh, um, for people that don't like musicals? Six. Six, because it's um, it's so fun. It's also female-led, which is really exciting, but it's only now 15 minutes without an interval. So you don't... It feels quite like a concert. But then obviously you listen to the story and it's very funny and it is captivating and the music's very different because they kind of take on influences from different artists with music. Um, so I think that's a really good starting point. Obviously, if you prefer to go to a classic, um, I mean, Phantom's just fab. Those it's got two. that quality. Yeah, it's got that finesse quality to it. You can't the, really beat. The, those two I'm yet to see, and I'm so de- desperate to see them. I've seen Phantom like five times. It's, I, I'm, it's like a secret, like secret guilty pleasure. I, I really, I don't know why I haven't seen Phantom or Six yet. And I'm like, why haven't I seen them? <laughs> You should try and look at London Theatre Week or Today Tick because they always have pretty good deals. Yeah, they... See, for me, it's getting up there as well because it's an hour way. Yeah. What am I doing? I'm making excuses. <laughs> I, think, I think if you've got a day off and you can go to a matinee, go to a matinee if you can. Um, you know, just be spontaneous. See, see, with me, I have to plan everything, so it's I'm just like, just get on with it. Yeah. So, um, what would you say your most expire- inspiring show is? Um, oh, um, I saw Emilia at the Globe. Um, that was in a difficult time of my life, really. And um, it was about Emily Baptiste, um, who was kind of supposedly the dark-haired um, woman from um, Shakespeare's sonnets. Um, but she did a lot of feminist change. And it was so funny, but it was just so powerful as a piece of theatre. Um, I think anything that kind of talks about underrated women in history for me is a game changer in any capacity 
That sounds amazing. Yeah, Um, it was really cool. what what would be your advice um, on bringing a show to the fringe? Plan and be prepared for things not like be prepared for change and adaptability. Um, but I think the thing is as well is that obviously there's certain deadlines that you have to adhere to with Ed Fringe in terms of getting your show out on marketing and things. Um, have a really good fundraising campaign if you can. Um, think of some great ideas. I would start as early as possible. Um, but yeah, like plan and meet those deadlines, get talking to people. Um, like for example, one thing that we found we couldn't do this year was do a preview, which was um devastating. But it's fine because there's been so many changes in the show that we wouldn't I don't think I'd want to showcase something until it was fully ready. Um and just research, especially accommodation. There's so much out there. And we're actually doing our accommodations with um an American university program. So we're kind of like giving back to the students with them, um, which is exciting. But yeah, I think just plan and be prepared for adaptability. Perfect. And sorry, I'm just going to look at what questions I've asked once. I've done that question. Okay, so what we're, I've decided is we've got about just under 10 minutes left. Okay. So what would you say um, your f- all-time favourite show is? Um, it's such a controversial thing, and I'm probably going to get slated for this. I've got a a massive guilty pleasure for We Are Rock You, which is a jukebox musical. <laughs> I um I've seen it twenty seven times, and it's just I work. I actually got to work on it. I used to do some automation as work experience and things. And the reason I like it is because the way that the script is written with Ben Elton and things is that it is adaptable for like the ever changing society. And I liked the kind of anarchistic punk vibes um between like the different sides but i know like obviously it changed it used to be like the global planet and then it became the eye planet with the whole launch of the apple um and obviously it's back in the moment because we're still got some future in the cast which is cool and i haven't seen it actually which is a nightmare but i don't know why i just i love queen i love that classic it makes you feel good when you watch it and they encourage you to kind of like dance during the show and you know get involved a bit. Yeah. That one. I'm really sorry. I'm really slated, but never mind. It's fine. <laughs> I don't mind. Oh, yes, uh, I... Everybody likes all different theatre, don't they? hmm Yeah. Like do. like I I I'm obsessed with uh sort of the opposite. Like Lemis and then Wicked. Oh, and they're yeah. not they're two different like story, like musicals genre, genres in a way. Mm-hmm. But then I really, really like like I could listen to like say I dreamed a dream. Yeah. And it doesn't affect me like 
I think the music is absolutely brilliant. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, no, it is. what would you say, West End or Broadway? West End, always <laughs> West End. I've actually never been to America, so I can't actually comment on, and I wouldn't want to comment on something that I haven't experienced. Um, but I think the West End just has an edge to it. Well, what's your favourite West End venue? Um, I want to say the Duke of York's. The Duke of York's theatre um, is one of my all-time. I just, I love the style of it. It's really quite old-fashioned inside. Um, so you kind of feel like you're kind of transported back in time. And I've always had nothing but good experiences there. So yeah, cheeky walks. And so, what I usually do is um, near the end of the podcast is I ask my um, guests to ask a question for my next guest. Okay. Okay. So, um, what what question would you like to to ask? Um. Okay. If you were running out of a burning building, what would be the three items you would take with you? You would save. That's a really good question. Thank you. What what sort of things would you save? Um, my dog. <laughs> Um, I've got this painting that I did in my A-levels, uh, it's like Cubism, and I'm just, I love it so much, take that, and I would take my nan's brooch, yeah, it's an owl brooch, it's really important to me. I what I've got, I don't know, maybe some pictures or something. So everything is sort of insured. Maybe my laptop and my phone. And so I've yeah. got... I don't know. I really don't know what I would take. Is, it's hard, isn't it? Because, like... If that happened, I'll just be so sad. Mm. But I don't, I don't know what... Maybe some... Maybe pictures of my... Grandmother, who's no longer with us, maybe I don't know. Oh, that's sweet. I don't know. <laughs> well, I hope you, um, your time in Edinburgh goes well. Thank you. Um, I'm gonna do like a catch up, um, like episode, eventually. Okay. After after I've edited all these. So, um, if you want to come on and speak about your experiences, sort of yeah, like a debrief. That. Mm -hmm. That'd be great, yeah. And if you wanted to send me um, your press release mm -hmm. as well, feel free to send yeah. that. Okay, I'll do that today. Perfect. I hope you have a brilliant time. Thank you, Tim. It's been lovely talking to you. Hi, Jim. I'll, I'll, speak, I'll speak to you soon. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Stage Spot podcast. You can find 
Tim Talks Theatre on social media. We're on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube and Twitter, which is now called X. You can also visit our website, timtalkstheatre.co.uk or you can send me an email, timtalkstheatre at gmail.com.